Good evening, and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Tonight's episode is dedicated to our friend of the LNC, Steph. Get well, and tonight I promise you, we're going to devote our time that we have together to Miss Patty Smith. Stay tuned, Dr. Zeus Film Podcast coming up. Good evening, and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Tonight, we honor someone who was born 75 years ago today, Patricia Lee Smith, born December 30th, 1946, in the middle of a snowstorm. She was born in a blizzard in Chicago, Illinois, originally from New Jersey. Punk rock, art, art punk, pronto punk, art rock. Singer, songwriter, poet, visual artist, author, mother, friend, lover. She does not like to be called the godmother of punk. So I'll just call her the godmother. Patty Smith's music is really visceral. The great John Cale of Velvet Underground, in fact, produced her first album, Horses, with her band, the Patty Smith Group. And he himself said, with her, it was all about language visceral she was like a rapper in a way her music was different it was along the lines of punk rock but it wasn't totally punk it was bluesy it was spoken word it was madness madness beauty to the ears of the great William S. Burroughs and Allen Ginsberg her two uh, pillars of hope, as well as her parents. So in night was it? When did they start filming this stuff? So she, she, of course, if you've if you've been living under a rock and you haven't read Just Kids, uh, it's the tale of her and Robert Maplethorpe and their escapades. She's written so many great books. M Train. I am. I am. I can't say I'm a fan. Because I, I think that is beneath her. I'm a devotee. To say that you're a fan of Patty Smith, oh, you're a fanatic, because that's really what a fan is. I'm a devotee of Patty Smith. I have seen many, many performers. But Patty Smith is a performer? Oh, God, she's so awesome. She's so awesome. She's been doing it since 1975. She's written Just Kids, M Train, Devotion, Year of the Monkey. I've I've read them all. She even has a beautiful book of poetry. That's originally what it's going to open with, was her book of poetry. But you know, we don't always get to do the things that we want to do when we're recording. What I am going to do is play this really beautiful documentary that she did. I love this documentary because it got my friends who didn't know much about her interested in her. Oh, it also helped me bridge the gap between my professor and I because my professor, that was, I think, our bonding moment was music. I was in her class and I and I figured she was a Patti Smith fan. So I brought my book to class one night and she's like, oh, 
Patti Smith? And I said, yeah. We were both, in fact, at the same Patti Smith concert. So that's that's good to find a kindred spirit, especially your professor who loves Patti Smith just as much as you do. Now, in the 1990s, you know, Robert Maplethorpe wasn't here anymore. So Patti Smith begins work on this documentary about her life. She was a widow. She had decided to move back to New York City from Detroit with her two children. Okay. Uh, Directed by Stephen Sebring. It was presented at the Berlin International Film Festival. The movie won the Excellence in Cinematography Award documentary at the 2008 Sundance Film Festival. This is a magical documentary and I absolutely loved it. Her parents are in it. Her band, Lenny Kay, Oliver Ray, Tony Shanahan, J.D. Doherty. But Steven Sebring really brought... They'd been filming the documentary for 10 years. That's a lot of time. And you watch her children grow up. Both her children have played with her. Jesse Smith, who plays piano with her mother. Jackson Smith, who plays guitar just like his father. The late, the great. Fred Sonic Smith. Come on. If you don't know who Fred Sonic Smith is, you may remember... MC5, kick out the jams, motherfuckers. And he's the one playing that thunderous guitar. Ooh. He was also a part of the band Sondek Rendezvous. So I thought tonight, because it is her birthday, she's 75 years old, still going strong. I hope to see her again in concert. I last saw her, I saw her back to back. That's, uh, and I want to give um, homage to my professor who is celebrating hopefully the new year who was she actually called me i had graduated college she calls the house and says hey patty smith is going to be at the fillmore okay thank you i bought those tickets i said to my friend okay we're gonna go we saw patty smith at the fillmore it was a oh my god we missed the first half because when we got we were looking for parking we got there looking for the fillmore as a needle in a haystack we, we get there and she's in the middle of Redondo Beach and she's got those hands you know how she you know how she is it's like she's swimming she's got those hands she's telling that story and then I saw her a second time right before the uh, it was during the 2008 election year of election huh and um, she was talking about gay rights which was beautiful and she had the pride flag and she wrapped it around herself, and I thought it was awesome. She did Birdland, which is one of my personal favorites. Here is some of the 2008 documentary, Dream of Life.
Unfortunately, we are having technical difficulties. Don't you just love technology? When it's just in the middle of the thing that you needed. Okay, this is her reading a poem at the tribute to Allen Ginsberg. I noticed ticket takers. I noticed the cash and checks and credit cards. I noticed buses. Noticed mourners. I noticed their children in red dresses. I noticed the entrance sign, noticed retreat houses, noticed blue and yellow flags, noticed the devotees, their trucks and buses. I noticed pillars colored red and yellow, square pillars round and round. I noticed the Tory gate passers through bowing, a parade of men and women in formal dress. Noticed the procession, noticed the bagpipe, drums, horns, noticed high silk high crowns and saffron robes. Noticed the three-piece suits. I noticed the crowds quiet. I noticed the Chilean poet. Noticed a rainbow. I noticed the guru was dead. I noticed the teacher bare-breasted. And as I said, we're <laughs> we're experiencing technical difficulties due to the technology. William William S. Burroughs and Allen Ginsberg were these two bright lights in Patti Smith's life as a as a poet herself, you know. And to be, um, in fact, she she sa- she says in the documentary she had a big crush on William S. Burroughs. And he, you know, says to her, "My dear, I'm a homosexual," and she said that didn't that didn't bother her. You know, is what's beautiful about that is is that Patty Smith came under the tutelage of gay men and women, notably her friend and 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 former lover Robert Maplethorpe. Got to understand, it was the '60s, so. People didn't know what gay or lesbian was. Okay. I I think of that film Girl Interrupted where they're all trying to compare their diagnosis and Angelina Jolie is playing Lisa and she says that she's a sociopath and the other girl says I'm a sociopath and she says no you're gay. Because they could lock you up for that. Um, but here you had William S. Burroughs and Allen Ginsberg and Robert Maplethorpe all in a way <sighs> helping to inform Patti Smith about love, about life, about loss. As a performer... She is awesome. I remember very hilariously telling my friend at the time, we were watching Patti Smith and she had this really long clarinet. And I said, can Madonna do that? And she started laughing. She hit me too. She said, stop, stop. And then this one couple in the back of us were talking and and I started to say something to them. And she says, oh, he's a Patti Smith whore. And I said, shh, don't say those things. Because she was doing Pissing in the River and they were like, ooh, what a nasty title. I said, Hey, this is from Radio Ethiopia. <laughs> and then the second time we saw her, I remember these two guys 
Patty whips out that that clarinet and they started to cover their ears. And I was like, how I almost wanted to say, how dare you? <laughs> oh, see, see, I am a I am a devotee. Don't fuck with me. Oh God. What I love about this documentary is is that the documentary really people I mean many of my friends who live in New York and Long Island and Jersey they're not fans of hers some of them are some of them are aware um our friend Carlos who is b- born and bred on Long Island well was it New York and then went to Long Island um he's not a fan of hers he's told me that so we will not be when I do visit and she does re reconvene her concerts he will not be in attendance with me unless he wants to Around this time and next year, or next year, tomorrow, which will soon be next year, she does these beautiful concerts. Sometimes she does them in San Francisco. Sometimes she does them in New York. She does them at the Bowery. And last year, because of COVID, she couldn't do that. So they did this beautiful thing where they filmed it and then they did it live online so that was my first concert post-covid because we were still still in the thick of it as we are now and so i you know i've seen i've seen her do her online concerts twice it's not the same but it's beautiful to be a part of that world that we're all watching patty smith perform these songs um i have so many of hers that i love of course gloria come on who else would open their album with a song where they say Jesus died for somebody's sins but not mine? And then she defended that. She said she was not knocking Jesus because she was raised, you know, she uh, there was Christianity in her background. There was Jehovah's Witness in her background. She studied all of it. Buddhism. So... But she was saying that, I think, to open up a new frontier. You got to understand, John Cale and and those who produce horses were aware what was happening. And also, Patti Smith has recently been interviewed by Questlove talking about recording in Electric Lady Studios, which originally, you know, Jimi Hendrix built that. He built that to bring musicians together. And unfortunately, never got to record in Electric Lady Studios. And she got to meet Jimi Hendrix before he died, right as Electric Lady Studios were being built. And the online concerts that she has since done, or actually, I've seen three of them. Not two, three of them. Because she did her birthday celebration. It was, I think it was 10 or 15 bucks. And then she did a 40th anniversary or 50th anniversary one with. Lenny K in February, I believe. And then she did another one in September. So technically, I've seen her about five times. But in person, twice. Online, three times. And you know, these songs, I mean, I have so many favorites. And the albums, you gotta understand, she is notorious for making very visceral albums people don't seem to talk about albums anymore they just want that quick quick fix they want that song they want those panties um 
but you know with patty smith i mean come on the last album she put out was almost 10 years ago banga which is such a great album you got gung ho oh god that's that album there's such a nocturnal quality to gung ho and it came out right after her father died in fact her father grant smith who is in the documentary is on the cover of gung ho that's how she came to name the album title she was looking at it with her mother and her mother said oh look at your father he looks so gung ho and then of course you know horses oh geez she also did a really great spoken word album in uh 2008 called the coral sea with kevin shields and a lot of it you can hear it she's talking about robert maplethorpe for those of you who don't know about robert maplethorpe robert maplethorpe did the album cover for horses that is a striking album cover she's got that tie her tie is loosened okay she's got the hair and she's got this ethereal appearance where she's just looking at the camera he knew how to capture patty smith so when it came time for her to do new photographs and go back out on tour she hadn't been out on tour in decades and it was a it was a new frontier for her and she met Steven Sebring and they be they became friends and put together this documentary it's a pretty impressive documentary the music is all there now some of Patti Smith's songs there's a song in particular in today's world that I don't think she could perform and I think she has recognized that it, it was time to put it to sleep and it, and it, we could rebar- we could rename it outside of society because that's what she's talking about Jesus Christ Gandhi Jimi Hendrix and grandma too but the n-word is in it okay and she did it it was it was an interesting song but I I'm kind of happy that she retired it you know because um that's 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 a tough thing that's a tough thing and and also the language of it we these are new times dream of life 11 years in the making patty smith dream of life is a unique and intimate portrait of the renowned singer songwriter poet and activist patty smith's music poetry and politics are fearless funny raw and original Photographer-director Steven Sebring creates a beautiful collage of images, memories, and performances illuminating the complexities and capturing the essence of the distinctive legendary icon. She doesn't like to be called an icon because she's like, whenever I hear that, I think of Mount Rushmore. The film follows Patti Smith's punk rock roots in the 70s through the trials of her daily life and ultimately deaths that have formed her life and art. Smith tells the story of her early days in New York City, the people, and her dearest to her. Her late husband, Fred Sonic Smith, Allen Ginsberg, Robert Maplethorpe, and her family. And the political causes for which she so deeply struggled. Through beautiful cinematography, both black and white, and color, Sebring captures the essence and nature of this vital and relevant American artist. 
there is a part in the documentary that I'm sure would upset some of you. Um, but I'm going to play it because it's important and I don't back down from this kind of stuff. Um, Patty, I, I love when um, she was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Zach De La Roca of Rage Against Machine inducted her and said she was so fearless and he loved that about her. And how she went after the administration and pulled her poetic trigger. I love that. So I'm going to play for you. This is Patty Smith indicting George W. Bush. human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impelled them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed that whenever any form of government becomes destructive to those ends it is the right of the people to alter it or abolish it and to institute a new government laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and their happiness. But when a long train of abuses, it is their right, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government. the rights of American citizens to fundamental civil liberties. He has forgotten that the United States was founded on the proposition of the separation of church and state. We, we indict George W. Bush for befouling our country's
up the benefits of a trial by jury for establishing secret prisons on foreign soil, for authorizing illegal eavesdropping and surveillance, for waging a war based on lies! I told you. And Zach De La Roca was so right when he said she pulled her poetic trigger. Patty Smith has been around for almost 50 years. And in 2007, she was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She had reservations about it. And she had reason to feel that way. And so, if if you will, this is her speech at the 2007 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's not in the movie. I know that she was finishing the movie as this was all going on. She also helped to close CBGB's for the final time. So here we go. If we can. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, uh, sorry. I'm, I'm very proud to be here. And I'm really very happy. And if it seems like I'm not, it's just that so many people that I love that would that are so happy for me have a, a different seat. They're a bit higher up. <laughs> but um but I know that that my mom and my dad and my brother and, and Fred and so many people that I love are are with us. And uh, first, I would like to thank Clive Davis. Clive, when I came to Clive, I was really awkward, arrogant. I couldn't really sing. I had pretty uh, clumsy movements. I had a lot of guts, not a whole lot of talent, but he... um, He had faith in me and let me go out of the gate, just a colt, and stayed with me. Thank you, Clive. And I want to thank uh, my present company, Columbia, who's being so kind to me at this time. And the three women who shepherded me all through my years, Jane Friedman, Ina Maybach, and Rosemary Carroll. I want to thank, it's like at the Academy Awards, isn't it? I want to thank all of the musicians that I have collaborated with. Rock and roll is a collective, it's a brotherhood. I want to thank my musicians in the 70s, especially the late Richard Soule and Ivan Crowell. 
And in recent years, I would like to thank Oliver Ray and Tom Verlaine. I have a very small crew, probably the smallest crew in rock and roll, but they are very loyal. And uh, through the years, from my late brother Todd Smith, to Yik Wang, to Barry Dorier, God bless you. God bless our crews. We are nothing without our crew. And I would like to thank my family, my the support I get from my beautiful daughter, Jessie, and my son, Jackson, who will be playing with us tonight. And my present band, Tony Shanahan, J.D. Doherty, who has played drums with me since 1975, and my, my good friend and collaborator, but most of all, my good friend and champion, Lenny Kay. Many of you may not know that the Rock and, Hall, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Foundation has a program to aid musicians in need as a, um, as a tax-exempt organization. They have the capabilities and the resources to help musicians in need. And so we encourage the Rock and Roll Foundation to help our musicians in need, as well as to encourage us and to give us accolades who are not so in need. Please, let's all help our musicians and musicians in need know that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Foundation exists. Please call upon them. My Lastly, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. My late husband, the great Fred Sonic Smith. <laughs> once predicted a long time ago, actually right before he passed away in the end of 94, we had an argument uh, in the kitchen while I was peeling potatoes. And uh, he said to me, Trisha, one day you're going to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I said, ah, no, I ain't. And he said, uh, yes, you will. And you're not going to like it, or you might feel rebellious, or you might uh, feel guilty because I'm not in it, and I'm clearly the better one. And he was. But he asked me, please, to accept it like a lady and not to say any curse words. <laughs> and to make certain to salute the new generations, because it is the new generation 
that will redefine the landscape of rock and roll. And together, they have the power, an unprecedented power, to unite and make great changes in our world, to make our world a better place, where sometimes we have tried and failed. So I salute the new generations. And I thank everyone who has encouraged me through the years and all the people that come to our concerts and help me when I forget the words, which is all the time. And I accept this wonderful honor in the name of Fred Sonic Smith. Now, I played that for a reason because many times you get to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame who are you going to thank? Or are you going to thank your lawyer? Are you going to thank your publicist? She thanked her family. She thanked her crew. She thanked her band. And then she educated that audience on people who are in need. Musicians who are in need. Who are indigent. That they have that organization to help them. And that says a lot about Patti Smith. She is a true activist. She doesn't back down as she did when she indicted George W. Bush. George W. Bush is painting paintings now. He probably doesn't even know who she is. But we know who she is. And that's what matters. Those songs, Gloria, rock and roll, you know, outside of society, pissing in the river, dancing barefoot. My personal favorite people have the power. Gung ho. One voice. One voice is from that is from the Gung Ho album. That Gung Ho album is very special because her son, Jackson Smith, plays a guitar solo. I think it's on the song Persuasion. That's such a beautiful album because of how sonic it is. It's a nocturnal album. I remember one time I was going for a walk and I was listening to it and I saw this owl and I thought, ooh. That's eerie, and it almost went with the music. Glittering, all that glitters. I mean, come on, come on. So as a poet, as a singer, as an activist, as an artist, she is a true Renaissance woman. I am just so in awe of her artistry, her performances. Like I said, when you go to see her in a performance, you are locked in. To this day, I have in my ears ringing her singing Jesus died for somebody's sins. And the way she does it live is so beautiful. There's a live version of that whole album, The Horses, that she did in 2005. Listen to that because that's how it sounds when you see her live. Or when she breaks out songs like Rodondo Beach. I love how she intros it. Rodondo Beach is a beach where women love other women and then she just goes into it into that song because the night of course everyone knows because the night she wrote that with uh bruce springsteen both from new jersey so tonight right before all the big festivities i honor miss patty smith and the documentary that you all should watch dream of life released in 2008 Steven Sebring. Everyone's in this. Flea is in it. Michael Stipe. 
her children. Um, let me see. Where can you watch it? Because it's available. Of course, it's available on iTunes. Um, I think it's still on DVD. I don't know. Oh, okay. You can watch it on Tubi, Vudu, or Vood, Sling TV, Amazon Prime, YouTube, Google Play, Apple TV, Pluto TV. Okay. Released in 2008. Directed by Mr. Steven Sebring. I, am I saying his name right? Because I don't, I don't want him to come after me. And, and Patty Smith, I, I absolutely love her. I think she's great. She's one of the greatest. You know, there's nobody else like her. If you, if you look at the artists, Fiona Apple, Tori Amos, PJ Harvey, Bjork, they all have a Patty Smith element. Now, for years, people, journalists, would you know try to say that PJ Harvey was the next Patty Smith, and she wasn't. She's PJ Harvey. But there's a beautiful picture of the meeting, and obviously, she has this admiration for Patty Smith because what PJ Harvey did, she took it a step further. She played all these instruments. And she really, her sound is so similar in terms of the lo-fi. You know, everyone, when they, they go in to record, they try to make it sound beautiful and pretty. With Patti Smith and that band, her band, they left all of the warts on the music. Same with P.J. Harvey. P.J. Harvey made the album um, Rid of Me. And it is so raw and visceral i mean it is it is just amazing but first steven sebring i've been saying it right <laughs> oh happy birthday patty smith thank you for everything that you give us music movement lyrics memories and those beautiful books just kids m train and year of the monkey unpleasant dreams <laughs> 